Oh, hey, Kel. What are you doing outside fully clothed? I'm waiting for the mail. I'm expecting an invitation to join Alpha. You know that club for smart people? Kel, you need a real high IQ to join Alpha. Let's rock. I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Who has a high IQ? Me? You? Hey, it's spelled two different ways. On IMDb, it's H-I-G-H. And on the show DVD and on Hulu, it's high, as in hi, guys, IQ. So, go figure. Hi, IQ. Yeah, hi, IQ. Yeah. Hi, you win. It's funnier H-I, so I don't know what's happening here, but my name is Al. Dan, uh, yeah, do you have my uh, porno mag that came in the mail? Oh, yeah, here you go. Bitches in heat. No, that's the dogs, the mine. I could have swore that was for you. This is the Playgirl. Playgirl, <laughs> listen, okay, this, uh, I'll get my own. Thank you. I'm Jamie. I feel like I make the statement that brains and decent knockers can go hand in hand to march us proudly into the 19th century. Amen, and I'm Dan Chasen. God, I love these idiot parties. <laughs> hey, we throw the very best. <laughs> that we do. And everybody could join in by listening every other week in the summer. We are reviewing Married with Children, Season 6, Episode 20. High IQ. Director Jerry Cohen. Writer Stephen Kreider. Special guest stars Joshua Beckett as Scott. Gary Epp as the security guard. Raina Kirkland as Margie, the girl who was uh, dunked in the uh, punch bowl. Uh, James Quirchecki as Delbert. Christopher Brown as Ralph. Chris, it's Chris Brown, actually, as Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim Hill as Man. The Bundys are dumbfounded when Kelly is asked to join a group of geniuses. The Bundys aren't dumbfounded. Right. The, the rest of the family has no idea what's going on. <laughs> We're starting off strong, guys. <laughs> yeah. Solid. This is just going excellent. So, ladies, does your husband come home and ask you to cook or clean or care for the children? We at the law offices of Shirley, Janet, and Patsy can help you. We say, sue the bastard for stress. <laughs> Shirley, Janet, and Patsy got me two point five million. <laughs> Hi, Pig. Oh, hi, Al. Want some dinner? Not tonight, Pig. I've learned to live on plaque. <laughs> Somebody has to be worth that much money to assume for that much, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you could get the judgment, but you'll never get the money. Right, exactly. It's so weird about suing people that way. Uh, so Al learned to live on plaque. Do you guys ever do that, like, when you're out and there's... There's no way, you know, you're not going to eat. You just start flossing your teeth and biting that stuff off the rope. Uh, uh. No? No. Oh. I'm the only one? 
<laughs> yes, you are the only one. <laughs> Besides, I have everything I need right here. Oh, Al, you got shower in a box. <laughs> <laughs> no, Peg, I couldn't afford it because years ago I bought wife on the couch. Oh. <laughs> it's like an elf on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> a peg on a couch. Now feast your eyes on this. The handyman's workbench, 5,000. Oh, Al, hold me. I want this moment to last forever. <laughs> Don't worry, Peg. Every moment with you seems like it'll last forever. Al gets the handyman workbench, 5,000. Because, you know, when it has a number like 5,000 at the end, you know it's like so technologically advanced and new and modern and crazy, right? <laughs> That's like oh, putting yeah. extreme before anything. I always remember putting 2,000 on everything. 2,000, like the Whisper 2,000. Everything's the 2,000. Do you guys remember the Whisper 2,000? (laughs) No. Yes. That was awesome. What is it? (laughs) It's the little thing that you use. It's it's supposed to be a hearing aid, like a hearing device. Hmm. So it's like a little, the size of a transistor radio. And you could pick up sounds from far away but in the commercial like the the idea is you're supposed to be able to hear the tv without annoying everyone and turning it up really loud and all that but yet in the commercial they have the dude or the woman the dude's listening to the tv i think there might be a woman going to her mailbox and eavesdropping on the neighbors like in the commercial they have them doing that (laughs) i'm like that's wow what a message to send out (laughs) right it's a bold move get these nice binoculars not for bird watching but your neighbor's windows might be open (laughs) same goes for this video camera guys (laughs) Hmm. some assembly required shall I take it downstairs and put it on the no assembly achieved pile (laughs) Al why didn't you have them assemble it for you there right there is what's wrong with this country we become too dependent on other people whatever happened to the spirit of do it yourself it's alive and well in our bedroom <laughs> I swear they always find a way to put just enough twist on a joke where I'm still laughing at these. Right. <laughs> and they come in abundance in this episode, I feel like. God, it one even this whole intro, it just goes like the two of them are just vicious, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you'll excuse me, I shall organize my tools. Then you'll see some fixing. Just like you fixed the step. (laughs) Of course, I could have changed the light bulb. Mom, I heard a scream. Did Dad fall down the stairs again? Uh Uh-huh. Cool. Okay, well, this is going to be a thing. (laughs) That there's a broken step in that basement that nobody fixes for apparently years. And it's always just great to hear him fall down. Right when he falls down to, you know, it's funny because Lacey's a bit removed from it. You know, she doesn't watch every episode, but she watches that and she just looked at me and she's like, wow, he really is a cartoon character now, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Peggy even says you can practically hear the Looney Tunes music, can't you? Exactly. And he and Jefferson. And I, you know what? I got to say, I love this episode because Al and Jefferson are yes. in full swing. Yep, as, yep, yes. Like their, their friendship has like hit its stride and they are killing me in this. They're cracking me up so hard. It's just one thing after another. Really yep. well done. Yep. Just to get back to Lacey Lou, this it made me think this episode is a direct 
sequel to season five's Wabbit season. Remember that when I had the vegetable garden? Absolutely. That was literally Looney Tunes. Yep. And here we are two years later, and ah, oh, again, forgot. The air date for this episode is March 22, 1992. So Kelly is sitting outside of her house in front of the door. Oh, hey, Kel. What are you doing outside fully clothed? I'm waiting for the mail. I'm expecting an invitation to join Alpha. You know that club for smart people? Kel, you need a real high IQ to join Alpha. I've been turned down for that. Yeah, that and everything else in the world. <laughs> Seriously, Kel. Now, what are you doing outside? Did you get this far and you can't find the house? <laughs> Laugh on, goo boy. But remember, he who laughs last laughs west. <laughs> now, I happen to meet a guy who's a member. He had me fill out some forms and said if I qualified... Hi, Mr. Mailman. He said if I qualified, that I'd be getting an invitation to the new members party today in the mail. That's party. Let me explain the concept to you. You know when you line up your toy soldiers and put cupcakes in front of them? It's kind of like that, but with real people. I just wish the damn mail would come. Kelly, in talking to Bud, didn't somehow realize that the mailman was there delivering the mail. Even though she spoke to the mailman. <laughs> right. right. Hi, Mr. Mailman. <laughs> right. It just went on with her conversation. I mean, it was great because everything about this whole exchange is amazing because it's all so ironic. Right. Everything she's doing is stupid, and it's all because she thinks she's being accepted into this. So it's just one perfect thing after another, and it gets topped off in a second when... When she says to Bud, here, here it is, read it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Read me my alpha acceptance. Yeah, they cover both ends of the spectrum with this in terms of Kelly's intelligence. (laughs) Like, they they come with some fire jokes on both ends. (laughs) We keep hearing this word alpha, and that's not really a thing. What they're really, I guess I don't know why they can't say it, but they're really just saying Mensa. Right. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they didn't just say that either, because I've heard other TV shows reference it. Yeah, like, why couldn't you talk about Mensa? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I I, th- I always thought that she got it wrong, and she just said I did it too. Out. I did too, but in, at first, right. but then no one seemed to note, like, Nobody's, Bud would have right. called her on that. I honestly right. guess it's because of what they end up doing, and you wouldn't want to portray Mensa members as being like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Here it is, Kel. Oh, God, the mailman must be invisible. <laughs> Alpha, huh? Let's see. Dad's bills. Jury duty for Mom. Playboy for you. Playboy for Dad. Playgirl for Mom. Bitches in heat for Buck. Bitches in heat. It's going to be tough turning the pages without an opposable thumb. (laughs) Now, do you think uh, Al and Bud's issue was the same? Yeah. Makes sense, right? They just don't want to share. Who Would you want to share a Playboy with Bud? <laughs> right? 
I guess that is a problem. Yeah, you're right. I was like, yeah, why can't they just get one? And then now that you mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, dude. It'd be like picking up a cement block. (laughs) 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 So, uh, Kelly's invitation for, let's just say, Mensa showed up. Yeah, we'll we'll insult (laughs) these guys since they didn't want to. Here it is. My invitation to Alpha. Read it to me, bud. I don't have to read it, Kel. It says, congratulations, Miss Bundy. Your IQ score has placed you square in the middle between an ashtray and a pickle jar. (laughs) Congratulations, Miss Bundy. You have been invited to our new member's mixer. It can't be. I'm in! I'm in! I'm a genius and you're not. Let me read this again. 10,000 special ed teachers can't be wrong. I'll prove it quick. How many are in a gross? You and four friends. Now, do you guys know the answer to this? You and four friends. No, I meant the real answer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think a gross is 12 dozen? Yeah, that's right. 144 units. A dozen dozen. <laughs> Unit. <sighs> so kelly forgot that the bundy door opens towards the inside of the house it turns therefore i am (laughs) alan jefferson slapstick time at its best starts here peg and marcy are enjoying the show at the kitchen table You know, I tease Al about it, but there is nothing more exciting than seeing real men use their hands and minds as one. I know. Look at the sweat glistening off their bodies. Muscles tensed, brows furrowed. I think they're almost finished. Yes! I think they did it. And in only 15 minutes. Hey! We've opened the box! That's great, honey. Today, the box. Tomorrow, the cap on the toothpaste. Hey, you just can't stand to see a man get ahead, can you? Hey, hey, if the box was that easy to open, imagine how easy the rest is going to be. Excuse me, Fred and Barney. Before you start running around the room slapping each other's heinies, how long is this going to take you? Mm, uh, Directions say 20 minutes. I say we can do it under 15 Just watch our dust. (laughs) So two days later, they're still at step one. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where they're still reading the congratulations you bought this thing. (laughs) They're still going through the L's and the sevens. I love that. He's like, do you have any L-shaped things? No, I just have all these shaped like sevens. (laughs) And then Al says, well, maybe I can reshape them with my blowtorch. I mean, between the two of you, you can't figure that out? It's funny, because Al (laughs) comes off as sort of dumb sometimes, but Jefferson... Right. I didn't realize he was so dumb. Right. (laughs) I don't think... I mean, he didn't used to be. His character kind of evolved into being what he is now. There's no real, like, 
handyman who who has all his stuff together on this show it's always guys that think they they can do it and they act like it and that's what they you know kind of portray but then you know then jefferson's got a board on the side of his <laughs> arm like <laughs> this is so typical of like real life though like it just reminds me of real life like a lot of the people that say they can do stuff like don't even have those talents not by any sense of the imagination no but they frequently have all the necessary tools they just don't know how to use them it's and always- they got the mouth to run too you know yeah. you can usually tell a um tell when someone is seasoned at something versus right. when they don't really know what they're doing because the the one that is seasoned is going to be like relaxed and chill right. and have like the bare bone stuff that you need. The person who has no idea what they're doing is going to have every single piece of accoutrement that you can buy <laughs> to go along with whatever it is that they're doing. Right. You know? So if they're right. like suddenly into biking, they're going to be decked out from head to toe in oh, God. and all the the goofiest biking gear. Yeah, like those tights that they wear <laughs> and the helmets with the pointy backs and stuff. Yeah, it's always weird. I'm not, like, handy. Like, sometimes when I used to hang curtains, you'll see, like, three extra holes, like, around the curtain rods and stuff. You're like, okay, yeah, he didn't know what he was doing, you know? <laughs> just a bit outside. Ah, just a bit outside. <laughs> Let me try that again. I used to get frustrated and nail them up. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just give me a damn hammer, come on. Which means eventually they would kind of pop out of the drywall. Yeah, they would just slowly <laughs> slide out with the vibration of all the steps. They'd be tilted forward for a while, and I'm just over there praying they don't fall. Yeah. But yeah, I used to rig stuff like that. I finally started building elaborate stuff. Like at the house, I built an elliptical machine. Oh, wow. One of the craziest to build was my my grill for barbecuing. I couldn't believe – well, I guess I, I should have assumed it, but I ordered a, a Weber grill on Amazon, and when I got it, it was in pieces. <laughs> Alex expected somebody to deliver it while, while a burger's cooking on its front doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to go, sir. Where were we? Uh, step one. <laughs> well, read it to me. Congratulations on your purchase of the easy-to-put-together Handyman's Workbench 5000. Open box. (laughs) Well, we did that. (laughs) Two days later, they're still celebrating about opening the box. Like, high-fiving. Two days, guys. (laughs) Think about that. Was it really two days? I don't know, I guess. 48 hours, let's just say. 48 hours. What were they talking about the whole time? (laughs) <laughs> well, doesn't anybody have a job? Maybe they went to work and came back. That's all. I don't know. I have no. I idea. don't think Jefferson has a job. I think he lives off Marcy. But <laughs> that's what Jeff- I'm saying. <laughs> Marcy has a job. What was she doing? Taking pictures of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the stack on the table, I would say taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Peggy, husbands in the mist. <laughs> They're all the same. My father was like that. He would sit on the porch and whittle the same piece of wood for hours before he realized it was his finger. (laughs) The only day my father would build was Christmas Eve. He'd put together all my toys. Yep, till I was old enough to know it was him, I always thought it was Santa downstairs yelling, Ouch! Damn kid in her freaking wagon! (laughs) And then I'd go downstairs on Christmas Day and find all my shiny new bloody toys. (laughs) 
So we get to a legendary part of the episode where Al staples a board to Jefferson's arm. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, well, then this should bring back some memories. Al's getting ready to use the staple gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what he was even trying to do. I don't ever know like, what he's doing. Like, why is the board even leaned up against Jeff? Like, why is he holding it against his arm? And what are you attempting to staple? Because it was just board to arm. So what are you doing? You, you know what, though? And, and, and I thought the same thing. But um, I, I've worked many construction jobs, many jobs like that. And you'd be surprised how many people would manage something like that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like, supposedly competent people where it's like, oh, okay, like, this guy's built houses before. Like, I trust him. Oh, never mind. He's got a... And then he comes back with a board across his arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> he comes up like the guy in Happy Gilmore with the nail in his head. Amazing. That's Mr. Gilmore's jacket. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I don't know. Um, Have you seen any of those L-shaped things? Uh, no, no, I can find these pieces shaped like sevens. <laughs> what idiot packed this box? Oh, well, maybe I can reshape them with my blowtorch. Blowtorch? <laughs> please, please. Oh, please take me with you. No, you are too stupid to get in. But I'll bring you back some leftovers in a dummy bag. Now go away, for I'm tardy for the party. Watch me as I effortlessly turn the knob. So Kelly's on her way to this party, and she can't get out of the house now. Uh... <laughs> I guess she she only memorized the one part about pushing and just figured it applies to every time you get to a door. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what side you're on. Kelly was looking hot in that black dress, though, right? Didn't she kind of look like Kelly of old in this episode? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. She Well, she, in a lot of ways, she reminded me of old Kelly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of missed that. Yeah, I did. What kills me is she's been going in and out of that door her entire life. <laughs> now that she has to actually think about it, it's an issue. Yeah. Now she's like, I'm going to use my brain. And now she goes to do it, and it's like, well, it doesn't work, though. Well, she's, try she's trying to, um, you know, prove it to Bud, too. That's the whole thing. She's trying to, like, be like, look, I'm not dumb. And then she's even dumber than we all thought, <laughs> if that's possible. She's trying too hard. And right. when she should be just be going with her muscle memory, instead she's trying to use that thing up in her skull. Good luck. <laughs> I don't know. Do you really require muscle memory to know how to get through a door? Or whatever. I, whatever we do. <laughs> like, whatever we do that we don't think about it is what she should be doing. <laughs> um, oh, and then this is, here comes my favorite joke of the episode. Yep. <laughs> hmm, very interesting. Push in, pull out. How should I remember that? Well, <laughs> yeah, and I think the her setup is so superior to Bud's punchline. Push, unlike pull, starts with a P. Because 
the setup just leaves your brain reeling in all the different places that you could go. And you, and you know, I'm, you're waiting to see where he's going to go with right. it. And ultimately I'm kind of disappointed with what he says, Right. but I the agree. setup is so good. Yeah. Nothing could top the setup. You're right. It's almost like he should have just looked at the camera or something with that face and just walked out. That's all it would have taken. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I was like, Oh, that was great. And then the follow up was just, they just dropped the ball on that one, unfortunately. Yeah. They wrote a, a they threw an alley oop that you can't slam dunk. <laughs> right, exactly. It was just it went too high, too good, too whatever. Ah, make new thoughts, but keep the old. One is silver and the other is old. <laughs> Gotta get to the bottom of this. So Kelly says no to Bud when he wants to go to this thing with her, yet he just kind of goes with her anyway. How did he get there? Did he, like, tail her in his car? Did he just jump in the back seat? He was probably sitting right next to her the whole time, and she's too scared. She didn't know. <laughs> did, um, okay, before we get to the party, is anyone surprised by what this is? Did anyone not see this coming? They actually mentioned specifically pig parties right. in this episode but before they even mention it I was like oh this is a pig party right right or m- recently there was the movie dinner uh, dinner for schmucks right um, ah. which was basically the same idea but yeah I mean it's just it's an old-fashioned pig party right mm-hmm. well uh one of the guys on the Mary with children research team he, uh, you know, we talk about these episodes, and he, uh, Kevin Pishkin, he wrote, One thing I know about this episode was it was around 92. It came out after a fraternity was being sued for hazing and harassing fat girls in parties called hogging, where the objective was to find the fattest day possible and bring them. Marriage Children seemingly spun that into an episode. So he thinks that that news story, that true story, maybe inspired this episode. It may have inspired the episode. It may have been timely for that. But pig parties have been around for way longer than that. And I actually remember that, too, um, the the fraternity. But yeah, they've been around for a long time. So, Isn't that wild, though? Can you imagine when all these girls showed up and they're like, why is everyone else's date 300 pounds yeah i've always thought that was a really 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 just sad thing right what a horribly crappy how evil of a person do you have to be to do someone like that and get enjoyment out of it and then it's not like they don't find out you know right oh they oh yeah and let me tell you when they find out it's heartbreaking i've seen it right my guy you know he you know, he, oh, you're so uh, stupid. He got, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, no, it is a, it is incredibly heartless and cruel, and I just can't imagine, I can't imagine ever doing something like that to someone. It sounds like a premise to a horror movie. I don't know if it's ever been made, but like that sounds like the perfect setup, right? Dude, let's write it. We'll give it to Adam Green. It's basically right, right up there with like a terror train. You know, it's it's a single person versus an entire party full of people being ridiculed. But, you know, it's the same idea. 
Right. You know, you, I mean, it's been used, that trope has been used over and over again, where you, the cool people bring in the not cool people, make them think they're accepted, make them think they're going to have a good time. That's what we do to Jerry when we invite him on this show. <laughs> right, exactly. And then they spin it and make fun of them. And so, yeah, you're right. That has that has been used in horror the, films. I don't know if they've ever actually done a full party's worth. Like a, that would I want it be to be cool. called Pig Party. <laughs> that would be perfect. I think it would be perfect. <laughs> this actually, something similar, not as extreme as, as a pig party per se, but there, there was a group of girls uh, in high school and they were the popular girls, which is why I, I find it so similar and equally disturbing, I think. But um, they used to do this thing where at parties, um, they would start talking to all these different guys. It was a competition. And it was all to basically see how many guys that they could make out with at the party. Now, all the guys were obviously didn't know this. So when it did happen, the guys were ecstatic. And that's what that was like the whole buzz of the party. Like, yo, I made out with so-and-so, you know, insert one of their names there. And and that was that was the whole thing. It was like an entire scam. And like everybody's felt so used. And like, was it that extreme? No, but it was the same kind of deal. You know, you never want to go to a party thinking you're the subject one way or the other. Some ridicule. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, I just want to go party, drink a beer. You know, I'm thinking like, think of the emotional weight—no pun intended—of this whole <laughs> scenario with these girls. Imagine when they were sitting there eating lunch on a, a bench in college or whatever, and then this like <clears throat> super hot jock, pretty boy comes up to you, and he's so charming. And you you're, you're just you just can't believe, and you're like pinching yourself. And then right. <clears throat> he says, "Hey, listen, I'm having a party tonight. I'd really love for you to be my date." You know, like <clears throat> the whole thing. And then you're like, "You would not believe this, Chad." Blah blah blah. Just asked me, to. and they're so excited. They're knocking back Twinkies. They're doing backflips. <laughs> yeah, like they're totally excited. They're like telling their mom, their grandmother, all this stuff. They're so happy. They get up. They do their makeup for half an hour. They make sure their hair's perfect. And they show up to this party, dude. And they look around. And every other one of these hot guys are with like a 300-pound chick or whatever. And then it slowly starts to set in. And then when that thing drops, the whole thing, the punchline of this whole party... Can you imagine when everyone turns and looks and laughs at all of you? They're all going to laugh at you. That's when the door <laughs> shut and the pig's blood comes, bro. I mean, think back to uh, think back to Revenge of the Nerds when the Omega Moos were invited to, oh, the Tri-Deltas, um, to their party because they couldn't get any other dates, so they called the Omega Moos and came over. Well, then the Alpha Betas greased up all those pigs and let them loose in the house. So virtually creating a pig party. Mm-hmm. And there's a Jefferson connection right there. Right. Oh, there it is. Nice. I even think back to Animal House. You guys playing some cards? <laughs> like, it's, it's that type of thing, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, this is just brutal. <clears throat> so I'm going to say something I'm very proud of Kelly later on, too. I'm going to say. Al gets this blowtorch going, which, for the life of me, I don't see how that's going to help put this bench together. 
But okay. As soon as he broke that out, though, I knew it was coming. <laughs> like, the over-the-top, like, cartoon, like, I'm on fire. <laughs> like, well, already a guy's arm is stapled with wood. So you're like, and of course, of course, you, they'll say, well, he brought the blowtorch to reshape the L's and 7's, whatever. But still, just bizarre. So <clears throat> they, they're looking right into the tube of it, right into their face, while the other guy's flicking a lighter. Hmm. Oh, this blowtorch doesn't look clogged to me. <laughs> well, you hold the lighter, let me look. All right. <laughs> wow. You can almost hear the Looney Tunes theme, can't you? <laughs> now, this has happened to me, but with a grill, though. Like... My grill wasn't working, and it was like a propane grill. And the the thing that wasn't working was the thing you pressed to make it spark and light. Right. So you know, I already I already knew there was a <clears throat> solution, and I said, well, I'm just gonna light. I'm gonna like make this piece of paper like really hard by folding it a bunch of times so it goes down, it doesn't flop all over, and then I light it. So I turn the gr- the thing on the grill, and the propane's coming out, and and. I guess the paper just wouldn't light well enough. I don't know why, but it just wouldn't light right. So, but I still think there's time, I guess. So I keep doing it. Then I try to put it to the nearest one, but something's blocking it. So I just put it to the back one. And with all this time I spent, I guess, this propane just built up enough, dude. (laughs) When I put the flame towards the the two thing, whatever, the burners or whatever, this... Gigantic burst of flame consumed my whole face. What? I was so scared. Like, I immediately slammed the thing, turned everything off, and ran inside and just examined my face for like five minutes. And my. Yeah, man, that's your moneymaker right there. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what did I almost just do to myself? And I was, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So when I'm like watching these two do this, and they're apparently the, the flame to- the thing is on and it's just leaking and then they're lighting this thing. I'm just getting like flashbacks. It's like that Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I used to think that's why he had those weird baby hairs on his forehead. I always thought that was melted hair. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. I always thought that for years. Then here we are 20 years later, like, why does he still have his hair like that? <laughs> Jefferson knows that oxygen is needed in order to burn, so he suffocates Al with a pillow in an effort to put out the fire, which there really is none. (laughs) Al completely passes out and needs CPR. So that's going well. Right. Uh, This is to identify all our new members. Thank you, kind sir, of merely average intelligence. Do you have an invitation, sir? This is a bus pass, sir. Oh, I must have left my invitation back at the hospital where I work as a doctor at this shockingly young age. Oh, name? Uh, Hauser. Doogie Hauser. (laughs) Go away, sir. Ready? 
Don't come crying to me saying, help me, Dr. Hauser, when your high-paying, high-stress job gives you an ulcer. <laughs> Who would have thought that uh, MPH would still be around to this, this extent these days, huh? Dude, Mark Paul Gosler is the man. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, MPH. Oh, wait, do it again? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil, I thought you said MPH. Oh, that's weird. That's why I was thrown off. Totally your fault. <laughs> Who in their right mind doesn't know Doogie Hauser at this point in time? Well, this security guard, I could tell you that nobody knows him. And he's famous from the Flintstones in Viva... Rock Vegas? Yes. One of my favorites. Run If You Can, uh, Soap, and O'Hara. I know you were all wondering. And he's also in Happy Days. Oh, I remember Soap. So Bud attacks Harvey for his pencil pouch. Are you Weinstein? Uh, if you only knew, he would have. <laughs> no, his problem is he doesn't keep his pencil in his pouch. <laughs> oh, wow. You are quick. That wasn't even me editing, guys. That was real time. So, <laughs> in case anyone's thinking, oh, like he anyone just... would doubt my comedic timing. Ooh, look at you. So, he does this as if... And then he, he just walks past the security guard with glasses on his thing... As if he wouldn't recognize the guy he just threw out 20 seconds ago. Right. Like, this is a total cartoon. You gotta love it. And he it. didn't. He never said a word, but nope. just walked right by him. It's like not knowing you're looking at a Ninja Turtle because they're wearing a trench coat. Right. <laughs> How do you not know? I don't get it. Cricket. <laughs> you gotta know crumpet before you understand cricket. Did you guys see those two kids that tried to get into the movie last year by one guy standing on the other guy's shoulders? <laughs> no. Genius. And they had a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And a hat. I want to do that. It did not work. No? <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> Dan, you're old enough. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but yeah, but just, just to say I did it. Yeah, just to say. <laughs> Of course the Soviet Union was bound to fall. Now, do you guys know why the Soviet fell? Why? Well, because it's at the edge of the map. <laughs> <laughs> wow. According to History.com, by the end of 1989, the USSR had come apart at the seams. An unsuccessful coup by Communist Party hardliners in August 1991 sealed the Soviet Union's fate by diminishing Gorbachev's power and propelling democratic forces, led by Boris Yeltsin, to the forefront of Russian politics. And Kelly was so sure about her answer. I mean, it's all the way on the edge of the map. <laughs> Kelly, you really should share your theory with Ivan over there. And while you're there, tell him your theory about how snowmen are born. Now I feel deceived. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. It makes more sense than what I just heard on your phone. Yeah, who's this Boris Yeltsin guy? Boris Karloff? Is that the guy with the stain on his forehead? <laughs> no, that was Gorbachev. that had, And it wasn't on his forehead. It was on the top of his head. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, ah, never mind. I was going to go with a bird joke. Never mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that reminds me, though, there was something that was that was dropped in this episode, and I was going to ask you guys if you were familiar with it, because it is one of those things that would have been, like, right on the cusp of where... Because there's just, uh, you know, there's not that much of an age gap between us. But this is one of those things where that age gap might come into play. But I can't can't remember what it was. 
I think I know what you're going to say, and I, I have an answer. Oh, all right. And it's actually something to do with a bird. That's odd that you say that. And also, Kelly has a theory on how snowmen are born. How? I wanted to hear that so badly. I'm sure it has something to do with snowballs. <laughs> See, you're so good. Makes sense to me. Right. Was I wrong about her? Huh. She is all you said and more. She's sure to win you the stupidest date award. Well, when I found her, she was just staring at a door. <laughs> a little callback. Yeah, great callback, I do have to say. Because that's such a random line that that means nothing. Otherwise. Right, otherwise, right. So it's so cool. But we know she's currently struggling internally with opening doors. <laughs> yeah, at this moment, she just has this new problem. <laughs> Which kind of reminds me, have you seen, did you ever see that Far Side cartoon with the Mensa Kid? No. Where the door says pull and he is just pushing as hard as he can? No. It just is very fitting for this episode. That is indeed. Well, now we come to Scott uh, in the episode. Well, we've been hearing from him. Uh, that's the guy that Kelly was talking to about Russia falling off the map. His real name is Joshua Beckett. He is from Always Say Goodbye, The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and Nowhere Fast. Now, I know him, and Jamie knows him from 90210. Oh, he was on Roseanne, too, for a minute. He was on 90210. Everybody will, if anyone watched that show, if you remember when Brandon ran for president like class president in college this guy was his running mate and it was like one of the most bizarre endings to any 90210 ever because this guy (laughs) he he drives away from the peach pit and he goes as soon as he pulls out into the street this like 16 wheeler just goes and crushes his car and it bursts into flames and Brandon's running over and the guy's dead and it's like the craziest ending and this is that guy in that episode so <laughs> so just to be clear this is not the Josh Beckett that pitches for the Boston Red Sox <laughs> no <laughs> I'm assuming not <laughs> no and the girl he's with is Raina Kirkland and she is known for Saved by the Bell the new class Joyful Noise South Central and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, her name was Margie in this episode the, the guy goes, these are, uh, I love these idiot parties. Bud overhears them conversing with each other. Well, of course I'm very intelligent, but I feel I make the statement that brains and decent knockers can go hand in hand to march us proudly into the 19th century. Kel. Bud. I think you made a wrong turn. The pimples without partners meeting is down the hall. Cal, I don't even know if I should be telling you this, but with me hating you and all. Do, I, do you know what a pig party is? Of course I do. I'm a genius. It's where a bunch of cute people find ugly dates, pretend to like them, take them to a party, and laugh at them till they cry. So you've done it before. That hurts. Have I ever invited you to a party? Now that should prove that I've never been to one. Well, you've been to one now. Kelly knows, and what I was going to say I'm proud of her is that she said she never did that to anybody. She's not riddled with insecurities to the point where she has to do that to someone else to make her feel better about herself. No matter what she did, 
throwing rocks through school windows, throwing rocks at police cars, you know, all the stuff she did, getting arrested at eight years old, whatever. I feel like when she brought that girl on her little uh, show that one time. <laughs> oh, with the perm? Yeah, that was about as bad as it got for her. When she pulled her away from the blurry thing? <laughs> right, yeah, like that's Kelly at her meanest. This is Alpha's version of a pig party, Kel. Instead of ugly, they invite... How should I put this delicately? Morons, cretins, fools, mind-blowing imbeciles. <laughs> Everyone with a patch is someone's dumb date. Come on, I'll show you. Hi. I'm Kelly. I'm a model. I'm Delbert. I'm a Los Angeles public school teacher. That doesn't prove anything. <laughs> he could just be a temp or something. Hi. I'm Kelly. I'm a model. Hi, I'm Ralph. I'm a network executive. Uh-oh. But I'm still not sold. Well, does this sell you? And the final thing is the thing that will have to be explained because most people will not know what we're looking at. So Bud brings her over to a picture on the wall of last year's winner. There we go. That's it. Oh, and now I see why you're saying it has to do with a bird. I could not. But yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Would you? Do you guys remember Dan Quayle? Oh, yes, of course. That was the joke? Yeah. Ah, went over my head. James Danforth Quayle is an American politician and lawyer who served as the 44th Vice President of the United States from 1989 to 1993. So he's actually still the Vice President while they're doing this. Oh, yeah. I mean, people <laughs> constantly made jokes about him on TV shows. It was a well-known fact that he was a bit of an idiot. Like, he... um. Was that a spelling bee? I think it was a spelling bee and misspelled potatoes. Potato, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, what is the correct spelling? Potatoes, he said. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> you say potato, I, I spell potato. But that was just like one example. It was just, it was a running joke at the time that he was an idiot. So, but it's a very dated joke now. And right. Anybody who you might you might even recognize the name, but in order to get this joke, you have to know his face because his name isn't listed anywhere. Like they don't, it's not a picture with his name plastered right. across. Yeah, I found that strange. Yeah, last year's winner, and it has his face. So in order to get that joke, you have to know what Dan Quayle looked like. So I feel like a lot of people watching this now for the first time might not get it. I did not. They didn't even write Dan on it or nothing. No, not you. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> uh, you're like, why do I have to be the stupidest guy? <laughs> I love when you say that. Oh, yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly is hurt and sad, and she just wants to leave. Did that not just tug at your heart? Oh, my God, it's true. <laughs> Kel, Kel, wait. Leave me alone. You just want to rub it in. I got the rest of my life to do that. <laughs> just wanted to tell you not to feel bad. Not to feel bad? How can I not? Do you know what it's like to have people laughing at you at a party? To have them talk behind your back? To exist only to be made fun of? Well, naturally you do, but I don't. <laughs> it hurts. Let's go. 
Yeah, but then you think about it, and you know that Bundy's, and you know they're not going to go out exactly. like that. And then you know how I feel when that happens. Mm-hmm. And this this totally reminded me of when they were stuck in traffic that one time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Kel, come on. You can't run and hide. That's not the Bundy way. You got to get back at these people the Bundy way. Yeah. But I like changing my underwear. <laughs> the, the other Bundy way, Kel. Destroy their superior smiles with sheer pointless violence. You'd do that for me even after the way I treated you tonight? Hey, they did turn me down. Well, then you'd have to go beat up every girl in Chicago. (laughs) I'm just kidding you, you little wallaby. (laughs) Let's go kick a little genius butt. Hey, Five Eyes. So Kelly knocks out Josh Richland, the guy. Uh, I mean, well, his name is Josh. Uh, no, what's his name here? I forgot. I don't know. The nerdy guy with the glasses. You know what's funny about that? Lacey Wu goes, is that Christian Bale? <laughs> she was convinced for like the whole episode that that was Christian Bale. I had to look it up. That is not Christian Bale, ladies and gentlemen. Not at all. Attention all guests. We are the intellectually challenged. Does that mean we let nerds make fun of us? That would make us lower than them. So I say, let's return to the pecking order of high school. So come on, people. If you're stupid and you know it, punch a nerd. But it's almost like she's not really explaining. Like, if I was one of the dumb people, I wouldn't really know. Like, what is she talking about, you know? Especially because they're supposed to be dumb. Right. Yeah. But they all seem to get what she means instantly. Like, oh, well, she must mean us, and this, this must be what's happening. And I think dumb people have a way of understanding each other. Telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the way dolphins talk to each other. It's just like this thing that we don't know about. It sounds exactly the same, too. <laughs> Creaky door or dolphin? You be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky door that Kelly's trying to open. Right. See, I like how Kelly flipped it just by calling them nerds <laughs> like she she completely flipped the script on them and, and then made them feel inferior from the jump <laughs> right and then and then they kicked their asses yeah now who's singing the song while this is going on if you're stupid and you know it punch a nerd <laughs> dan was <laughs> no, I just as soon as she said that, then that song, if the happy and you know it song, got stuck in my head. So the whole time she's punching out nerves, I'm singing along. <laughs> That's right. Make them eat their pencil pouches. <laughs> Bud gets punched out because I guess the guy thought he was a nerd because he had that pocket protector and all that. <laughs> right. Bud punches him back, kicks a guy in the stomach, bashes a flower vase over the guy's head who punched him in the beginning, I think. Kelly is drowning the other chick in a punch bowl, lifts her up, drops her. It promptly ends. Kel! Kel, come on! I think we're finished here. Okay. (sighs) I don't know. It felt a little rushed. I agree. Yeah, I didn't get a very satisfied feeling out of any of that. 
Yeah, I could have gone like five more minutes with them like smashing people into walls and <laughs> like yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I don't feel like the punishment fit the crime there. Like a, like we had a big setup and it was over very quickly. And there's no reaction from the people they're getting back at. Most right. of them just ran out of the room. Um, you don't see almost any of the other dumb people fighting the nerds. Right, right. <clears throat> There's no reaction. There's no remorse to be felt. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, this isn't the kind of show where you're going to get redemption. So. <laughs> right. They're not trying to teach a lesson here. They don't care. Well, hot open doors. But you don't screw with a Bundy. Like, I feel like Heather McCoy learned a lesson. That's true. Well, see, that one had a much more badass ending as far as, like, Kelly walking in there with Buck. Right. That whole thing. Like, that was just, that was perfect. That whole thing was perfection. This, yeah, it did not have that same kind of punch. But no pun intended. And the punch bowl. It, like, even the the rites of, yeah, the punch bowl. There were even <laughs> the rites of passage episode where they fought in the nudie bar. That one, at least the fight went on long enough where you felt fulfilled with that part, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Something was just odd about the abrupt uh, end to this whole thing. We cut to Alan Jefferson still at it, trying to put this workbench together. Al's uh, drilling through a board that Jefferson is holding in front of his face. I guess he just has to put a hole in it, and he goes, I'll tell you when it gets through, buddy. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. They are just crazy. So, with the combination of that fight being so, so suddenly finished, and this amazing slapstick, uh, sort of iconic, like, everybody really does know this episode, because this whole thing these guys are doing is really... A memorable thing. Right. I gotta say, because I ended so quickly, as they cut to this these two again and holding the board and Al drilling, I kind of feel like the the B story plot stole the show. In terms of him putting together the whatever, whatever, 5,000. Well, the episode's called High IQ, so it's obviously about Kelly, really. Right. right. Well, I think it's kind of about both of them. Uh, about both scenarios. And I was thinking about this when the episode was over, is that that title fit both plots, like right. both plot lines, because they're both about being stupid in one way or another. <laughs> right. Yeah, you think? Yeah. So you don't you don't think this was the B story? The main folk. No, I do. I do. Especially with that end scene, though, which we haven't talked about yet. But that brought them together... Very nicely. Almost like that was the whole purpose. Um, Even if it was just kind of a one note, one joke type of deal. I think that both storylines built to that uh, perfectly. Well, and see, frequently on this show, you'll and it happens all the time. You'll have the A plot and the B plot never even see each other. Right. Like like they don't interact. They don't. Uh, they don't affect one another. They have nothing mm-hmm. to do with each other. And this one, I mean, Dan's right. They they come together at the end perfectly, Perfect. I think. Yeah. And to give us a nice, you know, everything's tied up nicely with a bow as far as both plot lines are concerned. To me, this is a really well put together episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Spoiler. Uh, also, though, I, I also feel that this is one of those episodes that um, – it moved very quickly. It like, did. 
I actually watched it twice, and I, and and I was like, "Am I missing something here?" Yeah, like, you're like, did I daydream like, through half of this? Yeah, no, seriously, because the first time I watched it, same, like that, that was it. I had all my notes and stuff, and I was like, I was like, huh? I was like, I'm gonna give this another one, and I didn't miss anything. But it was very cohesive, but it was very quick. They didn't linger on too many things, and I think too the the jokes in this. Um, accented how they went back and forth you know through the, through those two plots back and forth right. cutting from scene to scene to scene and those strong jokes really did kind of um cement how this how this episode was shaped i think e- even the physical slapstick stuff all was good right it's it, it yeah and that kind of stuff like it, it's just like it's it's physical comedy you know like that that stuff like you're either going to like or you're not, you know. And if if you dig that type of just stupid humor, um, see, I can deal with that kind of stuff. See, I can watch, you know, cartoon stuff, cartoonish stuff like that all day, especially when it's mixed with with jokes like this. You know, it's not just that. It's not just one note. It's it's both, and it's just it's just ridiculous at the same time. Even though they did pull it off when it was just the one note with the Wabbit season. They did. They did indeed. They have way. I mean, they, they these guys know what they're doing, I guess. But mm-hmm. so while this is happening, Peg's taking a Polaroid of the drill going through the board. There's a stack of Polaroids on the table. The girls are trading them like they're garbage pail kids or something. <laughs> Well, you'll have to trade me. Well, I have a nice action shot of the men nailing themselves together and then running around the room idiotically. Well, how about this one of Al's face when the circular saw fell in his lap? I mean, that would have been cool if they, when they cut back to Al, there were like bloody bandages all over his thighs. That would have been kind of funny, but maybe that's too, like, too much. You, you know what was confusing to me? Not, I wouldn't necessarily say confusing, but you would think that a setup like that would go in two places, either the garage or the basement, not right in the living room. <laughs> yeah, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, especially the garage. Like, that's a perfect area. <laughs> I can't find a hole. <laughs> this is another joke, like Jamie said earlier. Where it would have been better without a response. Right. That way Peg gave that look and didn't say anything is basically what Bud should have did. <laughs> right. So there are 20 cords plugged into the power strip. <laughs> they go to, I, I think, plug in the whole thing, I guess. And Al gets electrocuted. Great animation around him. Great acting from Al. <clears throat> it's tough for Peg to get a photo of this one. I love I love how Alex like actually works with electricity in his day to day life, and he's like, "This is a great depiction." Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Extremely accurate the way uh, the way his hair stands up like that. No, sadly, it's not accurate. If this really happened, he just would have blown a fuse, and he wouldn't have stood there <laughs> like this. But yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> it works for. Uh... Like the effects. If this was real life, Bucky would have been supervising. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> hey, no trespassing. What are you, deaf? Hey, you. You in this horrible movie? Jefferson picks up the cord to unplug Al, 
and he gets electrocuted too. <laughs> so stupid. Because <laughs> you know nothing. Nothing would kick out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Al just leaves Jefferson standing there, electrocuted. He just chilled in the corner. Right. His hair all punked out. That that that's my favorite part of the episode, though. Like they don't even address it, but he has a full-on conversation with Kelly, and Jefferson's just in the corner while he's standing there. Right. Now, what does this tell us, though? Is this trying to tell us that Al put this bench together all by himself? Because Jefferson, it was not together before, and then Jefferson never left that corner. So, with nothing but flashlights, Al built this whole thing himself. I mean, in one night. I mean, did they not think that through? <laughs> it sounds no. like it from Jamie's reaction. It seems like it was more work to get the flashlights hanging from the ceiling than it did to actually put the thing together. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. No. <laughs> That's true. They'd all fall. <laughs> right? So Kelly comes down the stairs. Hi, Daddy. I couldn't sleep. Well, since you're up, share Daddy's triumph. <laughs> the handyman workbench 5,000. It's very nice, Daddy. <laughs> oh, don't touch it. <laughs> it's just for looking at. <laughs> so what's up? Daddy, do you think I'm stupid? Well. <laughs> pumpkin, stupid is a relative term. Well, you're a relative. That's why I'm asking you. She knows what the word relative means. Yeah. <laughs> it's all relative. So... Al says something kind of profound or something. He, he's like, um... uh-huh. Well, Pumpkin, see, some people like to call someone, let's say you, stupid, because you just haven't found what you're really good at yet. And everybody's good at something. Take me, I'm good with my hands. <laughs> and your mother. Who's ever been better at doing nothing than your mother? We'll forget about your brother because he's actually smart. We'll move on to Buck. <laughs> Remember when he was a little puppy? He used to run all around with all that energy? Well, obviously, he didn't like it. <laughs> but years later, he found out what he's good at. Look at him laying up there. Aww. boy, Buck. <laughs> so what I'm saying, sweetheart, is if you give yourself enough time, you'll find out what you're good at, too. I, sometimes I fall into groups of very mechanical people, People know how to build houses, how to fix cars, how to do this, how to do that. I don't know any of that. Yeah, but do they know how to produce a Married with Children podcast? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I finally found the one thing I'm good at. So you can't call me stupid now. <laughs> well. Yeah, it doesn't stop you guys. Somehow I still don't get the respect. Uh, I get no respect. Yeah. Really? So, but I found that interesting, though, that he said that. Like, it's kind of profound in a way. Like, does it make you stupid to not know how to do the things I mentioned? I'm sure, like, John Lennon couldn't do that stuff either. But he's a genius, right? For other reasons. So, Well, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses and their talents. Right. So it's kind of true. Mm -hmm. But then again, I do believe there are just stupid people, though. (laughs) so it's inspirational but the sad reality is that no al 
sometimes people are just stupid. Usually, though, the stupid, stupid people are the ones that are arrogant enough to think that they can just pick something up like that easily. You know, in life, it's I found that, like, it's just repetition with anything. You know, you get to know how to do something. You do it a few times and you're going to fail like nine times out of ten. But then you get it. You pick it up. And, and just like anything, you know, you uh you pick it up after a while, but to jump into things sometimes and you know, I've seen arrogant people just completely destroy things because they think it's easy. It's like, no, it's, it's actually difficult and takes some skill and you know, you might want to get some practice before you, uh, before you nail that board into somebody's head, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got to practice doing something like that. Well, I'll be honest with you. Like, okay, so Alex, you uh, you have a bike, you have a motorcycle. Yeah. For me, that's completely intimidating. Like, because I, I just don't know the first thing about riding motorcycles. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So I just all I can like as soon as I think of that, I just think of crashing and burning. Right. So like to me, that's extremely intimidating. And uh, you know, same with like your job. I'm like, oh my god, no thanks. Like, I want no part of that. No, well, dude, I don't want any part of it. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> well no like just simple stuff like i remember one time i was like dude you gotta be careful like you know don't you get electrocuted and you're like dude no we turned everything off like before <laughs> we touch anything i'm like oh well i feel stupid now yeah well well uh, uh yes the things we actually work on are turned off and they're tested and grounded Mm-hmm. But we do work near other cables that are live. They're we're near. But the, but the point is, like, I, I didn't so know hot. that. That is <laughs> so. I like, love it when you talk electricity. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this is a perfect episode. Smoking. Yeah. But yeah, it just it, it's like anything in life. You got to get to know to do anything. But the stupid people I found are the ones arrogant enough to just think that they can do it with ease. Oh, dude! When I first got to my job, they thought I was the dumbest guy that ever walked the earth. I didn't know anything, <laughs> man. Yeah. And then after like two years, somehow you're just saying things that you didn't even know the language, right? When you first walked in there, so yeah, it's it's weird. I don't ever think people are stupid because they're not familiar. I do. I just think they're stupid if they don't like all my shows or everything I say or all my jokes. <laughs> well, that, right. that well there is, there is a difference between stupidity and ignorance. Right. And when you call someone ignorant, really, it's not an insult. All it means is that they just are unaware. You're very ignorant. No offense. <laughs> that they don't know. It doesn't mean that they're dumb. So, I mean, you might mean it that way, but it doesn't... I mean, to be ignorant of something is really just to not know it. And we're all ignorant of everything until we learn it. Right. Well, I think they, they think you're lame because you never learned it. Like, hey, man, these guys know how to do these things and you don't. Well, then, you know, so do like, OK, do you know how to play a guitar then? Right. Do you know how to sit down and watch hours of t- comedy sitcoms? <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah. Loser. Yeah. So Al's good with his hands, you know, the bandaged up ones. <laughs> <laughs> he was like missing a finger too. <laughs> yeah. Remind me of grandma's boy. Mm. Peg's best yeah. at doing nothing. Kelly is afraid she'll never be she'll never find what she's really good at. So she thinks she's good at being stupid. Aw. Kind of a bummer, but she gets redemption in a second. So Right. She'd feel better if there was just one other person that she was smarter than. 
So if you notice here, the, the studio gets eerily quiet as soon as she's yep. done saying it. Did you notice how weird it was? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'd feel better if there was just one person on this earth that I was smarter than. And that, it, it's all, you know what I was thinking? Like, maybe Kelly had to do that a couple times or something. Right. Right? right. <laughs> I have a feeling like there's outtakes of her just not being able to do this thing. So, uh, well, anyway, just to not ruin the flow of the podcast. So Kelly gets up and she pulls and props and moves around. Oh, yeah, I didn't really mention that. The Handyman 5000, it was all like, it looked like one of those um, abstract art. Where right. It's like all just weird shapes, but it's something like they just took a, they took a, like a barbecue grill and smash it to pieces and then glued it all back together and you know crazy you're real you're still salty about that grill thing aren't you (laughs) it took me weeks to put that together (laughs) i I never forgot it i I still that's why the igniter didn't work because i'm the one who put it down nightmares about it (laughs) (laughs) if i ever go to alex's house for a barbecue i'll just have a salad (laughs) (laughs) okay Alex is like, you're so stupid, like, I'd invite you to a barbecue. Yeah, but don't worry, I won't, Dan. And don't worry, I will never eat a salad. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, she puts it together in proper form. daddy watch that again everybody and look well i'm sure i don't know if everybody noticed or not first time but yeah it just gets eerily weirdly quiet and awkward and then kelly does this hence kelly is she found the one person she's smarter than al yes which we sort of talked about al remember like al's has his like kelly moments and stuff right right yeah so who knows what, you know, that's the implication, tr- uh, of course, but uh, we don't know if that's absolutely true. I think it runs through the family through and through with all four of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they all, they all have, have their, dumb moments. They all had their moments, yeah. Yep. Otherwise, it wouldn't be funny. Exactly. <laughs> Jefferson? <laughs> Jefferson, come see, I finished it! I finished it! <laughs> Al is so excited, he runs over to pull Jefferson over to show him... <laughs> this thing and he gets electrocuted again roll credits roll credits right so there's no power going through anything in the house yet he'll get it again <laughs> from touching yeah, right <laughs> i don't know this is mary daniak aka bundiana aka annabelle and you're listening to the married with children podcast no ma'am we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right. How many uh, humorous, bloody, gory Polaroids are you trading for this episode of Married with Children? Dan, out of five. Uh, I will take... Four Polaroids, and then shake them real quick. I'm just going to shake them. Shake them like a um, Polaroid picture. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'll mess them up. Um, so on first watch, I told you I watched this episode twice. On first watch, it was borderline 3.5. Um, but like I said, I did like the jokes. I liked the transitions. Um, is it is it uh, one of the all-time you know, best episodes? No. But the fact that I rated it a four just kind of tells you how good the show can be just based on jokes alone, just based on a simple premise or two simple premises like this, um, and just kind of, you know, play, playing out these characters. Um, not necessarily stuff that we haven't seen before, but it's just kind of to further that, and uh, they they had some great stuff to kind of add to it, uh, you know, especially with Kelly's character and Al's. And like you guys said, and I'm glad you guys did mention it because he said several times, I believe they both did, but they, Jefferson and Al refer to each other as buddy in a very loving way. And you know me, I'm a sucker for that. I thought that worked very well. I thought that was, it, it played as a really good buddy comedy with those two, mm-hmm. uh, a slapstick comedy at that, but it was a great buddy comedy. So, uh, four shaken Polaroid pictures for this episode. Nice. Jamie, how many Polaroids are you trading for this episode of Married Children out of five? I am going to trade five. Wow. Wow. And I will tell you why. Okay. It's, it's probably pretty obvious to people who've been listening to me on this show. Dan you Quill. Seem to, yeah, you seem to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the Dan Quayle sealed the deal. It's all about Dan Quayle. Whenever you mention Dan Quayle, you automatically get a five. Um <laughs> The only reason you I know, know Dan Quill is from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. It's a Kelly episode, but even more importantly, it's an episode where Bud defends Kelly. Yes. And they Bundy it up. And mm-hmm. that is one of my all-time favorite things. You know this. Whenever the Bundys get revenge, I am right there. Also, we've got some really fantastic moments with Al and Jefferson and their friendship and I'm loving them in this episode. They're funny. They're cute. I think they're just adorable together. Right. They're, they crack me up. Right. And, you know, we have some nice representation of Peg and Marcy as well. And, you know, I I just all around really love this episode. And it comes together nicely at the end. Plus, the, the whole pig party thing I think is a really <laughs> interesting premise, you know. Um, I do, like I said, wish we got a little more payoff at the end. Right. But... That does not make me not love Labor. it. Right. Nice. Wow. <clears throat> nice. I am giving this, I'm right in the middle of you two, 4.5 out of 5 nice. Polaroids. Um, two great premises. Uh, perfect, perfect job from perfect performances from everybody. I mean, Kelly made you feel little tinges of emotion where you should have. Alan yeah. Jefferson totally physically killed it uh marcy and peg their only jobs were to sit in a chair 
and commentate. And, yeah, and they and they did it perfectly. <laughs> I, I love the look of enthusiasm on Marcy's face the whole time. She, I I just like to see her finally enjoying herself and not getting insulted, you know, and and. Well, yeah, or being crabby or right, you know, just. I mean, she was having a good time. Yeah, having a good time, (laughs) not attacking anyone or getting attacked. Right. That's a thing. That is a thing. Sometimes I'm just... (laughs) I guess I'm doing what Jamie just said. She isn't. I'm, I guess, penalizing the episode because... I feel like I didn't get the resolve I wanted to out of the pig, um, out of the stupidest person party. Mm-hmm. The fight seemed a little faker than usual, even though they always seem fake, but this seemed extra uneventful in a weird way. It wasn't chaotic enough, um, and then it was just too short, and right. I didn't feel that the people got payback for what they did. I mean, and you must you think, oh, well, I'm crazy. I mean, he punched the guy in the face. And, he, and, and they, she dunked the other girl's head in the bowl. I mean, what do you mean they didn't get paid? What do you want him to do, kill him? I thought she did kill her when she dumped <laughs> yeah, Maybe she did She dropped her. like she was dead. Yeah. Oh, was anyone else hoping when uh, Bud was trying to... No, no, no. Before Bud was talking to Kelly, it was when the two... Uh, smart people were talking to each other and he's like he's like what did I tell you know what did I tell you and she's like oh my god you know she's whatever and they're talking about Kelly and then he says yours is no slouch either who when they they first panned over to the guy at the punch bowl really 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 wanted it to be the Matt LeBlanc character oh my god that would have been amazing I was when I first when I first looked at the character just judging by the way he was dressed yeah. I'm like, oh my god, is it going to be Vinny? And it was not. But I was, I would have died if that had been him. I just think that would have been so perfect. A great opportunity, yet that show still continues to disappoint. <laughs> oh, the show is terrible, but I just think that would have been a great moment to bring that Even in its back. absence, it disappoints. <laughs> yeah, he was good in Kelly Does Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did like his capacity there. You know, 36 seconds. <laughs> uh, uh, great episode again I love Alan Jefferson in buddy mode um, just great I mean listen they were yep. drilling holes through each other and just said hey sorry buddy like right. I I don't I don't think I have any friends I could just say that to and it's okay you know I mean I think, I think they demand more of an explanation but he says oh sorry buddy that's yeah, alright so Tune in two weeks from now. Remember, the guys, the summer schedule is still in effect, even though it's November. No, just kidding. (laughs) That might actually happen. We're trying to get through stuff. So if it's November, we're still doing one show every two weeks. Don't get too mad. Um, (laughs) No, we'll try not to. Uh, When we review Teacher's Pets, Bud's teacher teaches him a lesson about the birds and the bees. Oh. 